Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Another episode of Simply Amazing. Mets keep on winning. I'm Tim Ryder from the Apple. Taryn. Taryn Sharm is on vacation, friends, and he's he was insistent on recording a podcast. <laughs> this team is doing wonderful things, and, uh, and yeah, we want to catch that wave, huh? Yeah, absolutely. I had a free minute and, uh, and you know, I, I love the podcast. I love being able to talk baseball with you and especially uh, Mets. They just keep winning. So, um, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm psyched. To be you know, and, and it wasn't you, you could say it wasn't the, the quintessential Mets series this weekend because the offense really just, you know, it until Sunday, at least it really didn't. Um, flip that switch. Uh, and even on Sunday against Wheeler, there was a lot of, um, I love that Gary used dinks and dunks because I've used that a couple of times. I love that phrase, mm-hmm. but it was a lot of soft contact, just finding holes and you know, that works, but with the pitching staff doing what they were able to do this weekend, well, they've been doing since like the beginning of July. Uh, the Mets only needed a couple of runs, man. This is a very, very, uh, it's a watermark series, you know, you take a team like the Phillies who were red hot coming into the weekend. I think they won 12 of 14. Their offense was kicking. You know, they had, of course, had been winning since Rob Thompson came in. Yeah. I think only uh, the Dodgers and the Mets, of course, who came into the series real hot were, uh, were, were playing like that, at least in the National League. And, you know, the, the Mets just effectively cooled them down in every facet. Um, to their credit, the Phillies defense looked all right. Yeah, for two games anyway, uh, they were they were really enjoying rubbing that in in Keith's face. I'm not sure that he really cared. He was having a a good time in St. Louis. Um, but yeah, uh, so it's another series win as promised. I said I was gonna uh, crack open a Florida beer on the uh, on the pod if we got a a win. So we have like a orange blossom pilsner by a uh, brewery in Lakeland. So cheers to you. And uh, and cheers to the Mets, especially the the starting staff. I thought that the Mets really this weekend played well enough to have swept. I, I mean, they're really like a play at the plate either way from uh, taking all three of these games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we knew uh, that Philly was going to be a challenge. I think I was a little bit more concerned than you were, um, and and certainly it hurt them that that Schwarber was not available for more than. Uh, what was it? One at bat in the entire series. He uh, he popped up in the eighth inning on Saturday. Um, yeah, I, I thought that the Mets pitching was incredible, uh, and and then some real heads up base running on Sunday uh, to to get that extra run. I think you know there's a big difference uh, once you get to four, right? Because one swing of the bat can't change it either way. 
Um, but then once you get to six, also keeping that extra cushion, I thought that that was important. And um, Trevor Williams, again, providing those really valuable innings. And um, what did you think, Tim, about the the decision that Buck made? Uh, you made a couple of big decisions with the bullpen on Sunday, not letting Trevor Williams go all the way there, which, you know, he might have been able to do. He pulled him after two innings uh, and then bringing in Ottavino in that in that tough spot with the bases loaded and bum coming up in the ninth. I actually I, I think I see the angle on in both instances. Um, as far as getting Williams out of there and getting other guys work, you don't know what these four games in Atlanta are going to bring. Uh, yeah. if this team needs Williams, who you, like you said, and you know, he's been terrific. He's been fantastic at that long man that the Mets kind of, you know, have needed. They look to, you know, they were looking to Robert Kazelman for so long to be that guy. And now, you know, now they have, um, or they're about to have even more options. Once you have, I think they're only going to get McGill ready for one, two inning appearances, but you have to assume Peterson's going to be in that role if they need him. And, you know, just having him ready, I'm fine with pulling him early, especially with a decent lead. Not Avino, I think he's the type of reliever that needs somewhat consistent work, especially with that slider. He needs such a feel for it. Um, getting him work, especially when the situation called for it. Uh, you know, I don't think it, it could, it could hurt at all. Um, especially heading into a big series and he looked sharp. So I think that's all, all good things, but you know, Mets pitching this series was just outstanding. One earned yeah. run. They let up two runs total. Only one was earned the whole series struck out 36 walked five. I mean, <sighs> incredible performances. And I mean, that's, I guess that's what you're supposed to get from Jacob deGrom, Max Scherzer and, uh, and Chris Bassett. And you can name, you know, Carlos Carrasco is your third if you want, because he's been on an incredible tear. But, um, you know, come October, teams are going to have to face this trio to start off a postseason series and maybe see them again if the Mets want to, you know, play those cards as they will. That's a, uh, a formidable trio to have to face, especially, you know, a hot Phillies offense faced them and just got buzzsawed. Yeah, and and I totally agree with you. I thought that the the Williams move in particular was really important. I, and Buck said in the post game, uh, you know, I could have let him go the rest of the way, but then he might be down for three or four days. I think the reason why he said that specifically, we saw when Atlanta came to Queens that uh, that Taiwan Walker kind of struggled, uh, really struggled, and Williams piggybacked off of that kind of bad outing by Walker and saved the rest of the pen. So if for some reason, whether it's almost got back in the game. Yeah. They only lost that game nine, six and Walker gave up eight runs, you know, these types of performances open the doors for turnarounds or comebacks or whatever the case may be. Sure. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt, but it's no, 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 no. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm saying that I think that that was well thought out. Um, and then with uh, Joelli, I didn't think that you wanted uh, Boehm to to see him, and and so it was just a smart move, I think, playing the matchup there and getting the game over with. You know, you didn't want to end up having to bring Ottavino in anyway, and then you know, say it's like six three or or six four or something like that. So I, I thought that both moves very shrewd. Um, Buck continues to to kind of tinker with all the pieces that he has. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was a, a great, great outing. But how about the Mets' offense today? Um, 
getting after Wheeler, who's, I, I think, had the best ERA against the Mets, if not the second best. <laughs> I'm not surprised that that's the case. If I was Zach Wheeler, I would turn it up against the Mets too. But, you know, it's and it wasn't really his doing today. It was, you know, I know a lot of people like to say the Mets are lucky. Um, that's not the case. They put the ball in play. But today there were what you would consider lucky hits. I mean, they were little flares, little bloops, you know, little inside outs that found a hole or got over a guy's head. You know, this is baseball. You'd be, oh, that's lucky. It's lucky. Well, maybe, maybe it is, but that's baseball. And I think that the Mets just took advantage of it. I think you mentioned the base running earlier. Uh, Jeff McNeil with a very, very heads up scamper home when, uh, who was in center? Brandon Marsh. He did that little lollipop yeah. throw in from center field. And as soon as he saw it between McNeil and Cora, they're like, go. And he went. And, and that kind of set the tone for the rest of the day, or at least for the rest of that little run right there. And, you know, before you know it, the Mets are up 6 nothing, cruising and thinking about Atlanta. And maybe, maybe that's what happened in the ninth when you got bases loaded. But, you know, when you have options, when you have viable options that you can go to and you, you don't have to mortgage future plans to do it, you know, out of out of Eno, I'm sure it wasn't ideal to have to put him in there. But you know, like we said before, you get him a little work. It's good. You know, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Uh, I'm okay with it. And, and again, you just you have to kind of look at what the Mets pitching staff as a whole has done. I mean, I, I Tim Britton from the Athletic put up individual stats in July 1st, and I think you have three or four Mets with ERAs under two at the uh, over that span, but. You know, as a group, this is just a, you know, a, a, a force right now. So in, in on top of just allowing the one earned run over the weekend, since July 1st, they've combined for 2.37 ERA, that's best in baseball, 258 strikeouts, also best, 21 wins, also first, and 1.04 walks and hits per inning, which is second, because the Dodgers have just been incredible lately. But, you know it all comes back to pitching wins championships. And this team is more than equipped to fulfill that side of the, of the deal. Yeah. And, and one other thing that I wanted to say about McNeil's uh, play uh, that was, I think maybe the second time that I've seen him kind of make a play like that. The other one I think was in St. Louis maybe. Um, and, and we had talked about this on the pod, but um, he said something like, uh, don't umpire the play in in the previous instance that his college coach had, had said that to him today in the post game buck said something like uh that was a a long beach state run that he he scored so there must be some sort of synergy that that jeff has back from his college days that really taught him to be such an intuitive player and I, I thought that that was a, a massive play, um, five nothing as opposed to six nothing. It's a big deal, and um, and so th that was great. Uh, I had another question for you. So the Edwin Diaz show continued. He collected another save. Uh, I think it was what his twenty seventh of the year on Saturday, um, but this one wasn't as easy. He's uh, he's been mowing through guys for the last two months, uh, but this one not so easy didn't necessarily have control of his slider the way that he has. Is it cause for concern or cause for celebration uh, that Edwin Diaz had to, to grit out a, a save opportunity on Saturday? Yeah. Laboring, you know, guys aren't going to, 
even when they look like they're not human or a machine, guys are going to have nights where they're just not, excuse me, I got a hiccup, where they're just not feeling like themselves when they're not, oh, now I got a, a string of hiccups. <laughs> there it is. All right, we're going to keep moving. So, and he still was able to pick it up and get out of it. I was waiting for him to drop that 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 super heater um, somewhere up in, up in the zone just to finish things off, but he kept on going back to that slider. And, you know, I think that's a testament to the confidence that he has in that pitch. And he knows that, mm-hmm. you know, let me throw one more and I'm going to get the feel for it and I'm going to snap something off and we're going to end this. And he did. And, and, and that's something that you'd never have saw from – Edwin Diaz in 2019 or even 2020. And, you know, he's been really doing these types of things since 2020. He had a really, really bad first year here, as we all know. Um, He wasn't as consistent, wasn't as impressive the way he was doing it, but he was having standout seasons. He'd been behind Josh Hader. He's probably, you know, right there in the, in the best reliever in the, in the game conversation over that span. But um, he had a lot, you know, a very uphill climb to get back to where he is. Him sticking with that pitch, knowing that he could, you know, he could put a fastball up in the top, you know, corner of the strike zone, whether the guy's swinging, whether the guy's looking and end it, but no, it, it became a, nope, I'm going to do this my way. And, and, and he did it. And, and, Am I comfortable with him being confident in that pitch enough to go to it three or four times in a row, whatever the case was? You know, it might get him in trouble in October. It might get him in trouble this week against Atlanta. I mean, you have to kind of pick your spots. In that spot, it worked out well. But, um, yeah, it was uh, nerve-wracking. You know, as a fan, you almost have the same level of confidence that the guy in the mound has, or at least the level of confidence that you can that you can sense that he has. Yeah, I, I thought that it was it was. I mean, I you never want anyone to struggle, especially when they've been on such a hot streak like Diaz has been on. But it was great to see him uh, power through that. I thought that that was like a show that even when it's not easy, he's turned a corner, and uh, and that was still impressive and and getting a, a one nothing win is always impressive that was the first one that the Mets had at home since uh the first game of the 2020 season the the covid short 60 game season so um yeah that was cool to see uh tough win oh and that's you know the Mets I'm not gonna say they needed a tough win but um you know they've been coasting I think that this Again, two hot teams coming into a series. This was a, a a good test for the Mets. No, I don't think the Phillies are on the same level as New York. I just don't. But the Mets had to play a decent team this weekend, and and they did what they could to secure every win they could. Friday, probably. I mean, if Marte doesn't try tagging up from third, that's arguably another win and 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 the Mets are going to Atlanta with a, a, a even more steam power but you know again it's baseball I, I Joey Carr has been aggressive the Mets as a whole have been aggressive if he could take it back I'm sure Marte would would have stayed at third base but um 
you know, look what they did the rest of the weekend. Make sure that that one loss doesn't turn into two or three. And that's kind of been the story all year. Yeah. And and Buck said something about that today. Also, he said, um, you know, a lot of third base coaches that they'll say, oh, I had a great year. I didn't get anyone thrown out. And so Buck said, well, then you've had a terrible year. It's part of the game and it's part of the job description that guys are going to get thrown out if you're playing it right, playing it aggressive. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, that was obviously like a tough spot, mostly because they didn't end up winning. But uh, but who's to say that, you know, as good as Mark Canna is, he might have not driven in Marte. It could have still ended that way. So um, I like trying to win the game. Uh, didn't work out, but that's fine. And so yeah. we're we're moving yeah, that's on. That's a shallow. That's a shallow fly ball to try and tag up on. It is, yeah. Fast, but that's oof. Yeah. And and I, I'm not sure. Like I I don't watch enough of the uh, of the Phillies to know about Veerling's arm, but I I imagine that. You know, Cora is setting the scouting reports. So if he thinks that that was uh, the right call, I, I'm not going to second guess every call. No. Thanks. No, yeah. Definitely. So, yeah, I, it obviously didn't work out in that situation. But, you know, in the future, maybe it will. And and they've been really pretty good about yeah. fundamental things like that in, in a way that past Mets teams really haven't been. So, uh, I mean, you yeah. force a perfect throw and that's he forced a perfect throw. <laughs> it happens. It, next time it goes up the line a little bit and, and, and it's a different ball game. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we will get to see the, the Phillies again in Philadelphia and that'll wrap up the, the games that the Mets have with them. Uh, Bryce Harper is about to start uh, doing SIM games. Um, so he's on his way back. So I'm not sure if he would be back next week, but maybe we'll see him. But yeah, Philly, obviously very different team from the beginning of the year and their fans should be impressed with, uh, with how they've been playing. Uh, and, and it was great to see the Mets beat another tough opponent and they'll, they'll have another chance to, to do it here. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Tomorrow, quick turnaround. Got to go down to uh, Atlanta. The Braves are coming off of a sweep of the Marlins. They came back and scored three runs in the top of the ninth today to beat the Marlins three to one. Um, Cookie Carrasco going against uh, Spencer Strider. Uh, what, what do you what do you think we're going to see out of uh, out of Strider, especially coming off of his comments last week? Do you think he's going to pitch the Mets any differently? Uh, do you think that there's going to be any sort of fiery interactions? 
I wouldn't imagine fiery interactions. I I'm sure he's going to try his best to 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 be on you know as close to on point as he can be, but you know. Who knows? Maybe last week he was on point and the Mets were just finding holes. And he, you know, to go public with, the, oh, it's lucky, it's lucky. Yeah. He, a major league pitcher of all people should know it's baseball. This is part of the game. You know, the Mets have been doing this stuff all year. They're just making contact. That's their style of play. That's what, you know, Buck and Eric Chavez and the veterans in that clubhouse, everyone's bought in and everyone and they're, and they're doing it and it's working. And, and, you know, a professional baseball player should of, of all people know that, know how that works. But yeah, you know, he, 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 he went the salty route and um, I hope he brings his best. And I hope the Mets are, you know, I'm sure the Mets will be ready to face him no matter what Spencer Strider they face. But when he's on, he's an incredible pitcher. I just maybe he just wasn't used to getting, you know, quote unquote lit up when he did have good stuff. And, you know, these things happen. Sorry, Spence. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that the Mets definitely took notice of the the comments. Uh Trevor May does the podcast with Chris Rose, which is really great. Chris Rose rotation. And um Chris Rose, friend of the podcast. Is he? That's he is. Awesome. He's been on he's been on the show. He's gonna get Chris Rose back on here. Yeah, he's awesome. Um, yeah, the, he. But Trevor May said that um, he's aware of it, and he's definitely felt like that before. That um, you know, you're you're pitching really well, but it doesn't work out. So he empathized with that. But he said that as a veteran, uh, he imagines that the that the Atlanta veterans probably took Spencer Strider aside and were like, you know next time you need to vent like vent to me don't put it out in public so yeah. uh yeah i i imagine that we're going to see a, a really good game and hopefully cookie continues the hot streak that he's been on uh, we went over his numbers last time um and uh and then the mets have uh taiwan walker going on uh on tuesday as we mentioned against uh uh charlie morton so we'll get to see that curveball and then uh, on Wednesday, we get Scherzer again. And uh, so on Friday, I thought that he pitched. Um, he, he had to be like a little bit more of a bulldog. He didn't necessarily have his best stuff, as we've seen at some points this year. And uh, he did a really nice job of scattering hits. So uh, I thought that that bodes really well for for going forward in the year. And then on Thursday, for the uh, the final game of the series, we will get uh, Degrom back on the mound, and he was fantastic um, on Saturday. He's incredible! Oh my gosh, he's amazing! Yeah, um, but so uh, yeah, a note on Scherzer. Yeah, again, you know, I wasn't, I haven't checked Statcast or anything like that, but it looks like you know, you know, when he goes to that slider away to right-handers. And he'll, I, I believe, then he goes something else to lefties, but he goes slider away to right-handers it didn't look as crisp and i think guys were kind of sitting and waiting on it or whatever the case may have been it just they weren't hanging per se but again in and out but when you got a guy like max scherzer out there you, you almost know that even if he doesn't have his best stuff he's still going to give you a, a a beyond a quality start yeah and uh you know that's again it sets an example for the rest of the staff, for the rest of the team that, you know, stuff might not go your way, but 
you know, there's no reason that you can't adjust and navigate through, you know, whatever trouble you might find yourself in. And again, I think that's all a bit of hallmark of this team. And whether that comes from Buck, whether that comes from the veterans, whether that comes from, you know, just the excitement in the room and guys buying into that. It's been, um, it, you could feel it. It's, 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 uh, it's in the air. Just, it's very, very cool. But, um, I'm, I'm concerned that if the Mets don't, you know, take three or four from Atlanta this week, that fans are going to be, you know, uh, anxious again. I don't think that's the, I think Atlanta's a good team. I think if the Mets split with Atlanta, even if the Mets, you know, knock on wood, lose three or four to Atlanta. Sure. The NL East is going to be a bit tighter than it is right now, which I believe is five and a half games. Yeah. I don't think it's the end of the world. Do you think it's, you know, it, it just makes things a little more exciting. I think this team is built to flip that switch back on like, Oh, okay. We got to keep it moving. We got to stay persistent. Yeah. Uh, I hope that it, <laughs> um, a split would be more than all right. I, I thought that taking uh, three last week would have been fine, but uh, getting four out of five, I thought was, was fantastic. But yeah, you know, we're, I would hope that we're at the point where not every loss feels like the end of the world online. I, I, I joked with my buddies uh, on, on Friday when we lost, like, uh, oh, season's over again for, like, what, the 30th time this year? So, um, look, I, it's it's going to be tough. It's really just uh, a little infuriating because they don't lose. They don't lose to anybody except for the Mets, apparently. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's just that they're a really good team. So the Mets will have to bring it. I'm really glad that that basically, uh, you know, four of the best pitchers in the world are going to be facing off uh, on the Mets side. So we'll see. We'll see how it turns out. That's going to be a, it's going to be a good one. I think we have it's all, all four night games, right? Yeah, yep. all four night games, and then four in three days in Philly. And then yeah. two in the Yanks, and then the Mets finally have a day off. Yeah, that that is quite a run of games that they're going to have. And then, you know, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but I've said it before. Uh, then we have Colorado at home, but that that uh, following series is with the Dodgers, so oh, it doesn't get it. any easier until they get to September. But uh, they, I think they lost on Sunday, but until Sunday they had won twelve in a row. And I think that's their second double-digit win streak of the year. I don't know that for sure, but I believe it's their second double-digit win streak of the season. You know, at one point, they were like 31-6 and six over over a 37-game span. They're, oh, just they're nasty. They're so good. But see, and, and you almost feel that like the Mets are going to be lining up with the Dodgers in an NLCS. That, like we said in the first half of the show. Yeah, if the Mets get to that point, that'd be awesome. Good pitching, you know, historically beats good hitting. And uh, that would be a series for, for the ages. That would, you know, I don't know. That's like, I think Mets-Astros Mets in the World Series would be another great, great series. But boy, Mets-Dodgers, let it go seven. That would be outstanding. 
Just as a baseball know. fan. I don't know if I can hit not, not that, for my but... not for our blood pressure or for our ticket. <laughs> um, boy, just as baseball fans, oh my goodness. Let that go. Yeah. Let's take it back to nineteen seventeen and play nine game series. Oh, I like that. We'll win the Temple Cup. <laughs> Great. Um, uh, yeah, back to vacation you go, man. Yeah, I, 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 I wanted to say I've had a, a great time. I've gotten to read for pleasure again the last couple of weeks, which has been really nice. And I finally finished uh, Jeff Perlman's book, uh, "The Bad Guys Won." Uh, which is about the, yeah, it's about the 86 Mets for anyone who hasn't read it. Highly recommend it. Jeff Perlman's one of the best sports writers ever. So, um, uh, yeah, if you get a chance, pick that up. And then um, I, I finally started watching the the 30 for 30 documentary about the 86 Mets as well. I, I, I didn't realize that um, that Hernandez and and uh, Gary Carter didn't necessarily like like each other that much at one point keith said uh gary's voice was like nails on a chalkboard i i, <laughs> I thought that they were all buddy buddy i i didn't realize that well hey you gotta you know i of course i can only imagine but you're in a you know you're in a room with 26 co-workers 25 co-workers uh for six months or in a, for a playoff team seven plus months out of the year you know do this multiple years in a row and yeah i'm sure there's gonna be some um some tensions and you know i guess that's the uh the description of being a professional is you put that stuff aside for the greater good and boy that team did it man yo on perlman's book over under how many times did you like literally laugh out loud let's yeah. say over six under six uh yeah probably uh over oh that it's was- gotta be like dude I, I don't know if you read the lakers book um oh oh Gosh, pardon me for for not remembering the name of it. It's right here, too. It's called Showtime, which is ridiculous for me not to remember that. um, (laughs) He's able to squeeze these little anecdotes in or just even just a a sentence or a quote. And and, the bad guys one is chock full of man, like just like cackle on a train. (laughs) Everybody's silent. I just cackled out loud because I read something and bad guys won and it's yeah uh, highly recommended great stuff um so what do you think split three out of four what's your prediction you dropped one on me last week i'll I'll give one to you this time oh yeah uh i i i think they'll probably split um but yeah i'm just hopeful that you know if the mets can take one of these first two games i feel really good about them taking three out of four but if uh if they drop these first two games and the world is ending and all of that, uh, then at least they have Scherzer into ground. So I'll say split Atlanta's a really good team, but a split would be great. Keep it at five, five and a half. And, uh, and you know, then the Mets are like halfway through their, their last kind of tough stretch. And, and, and then it, it gets into September. I think that they could really do some damage in September. Oh my goodness! I'm just looking at it now. You got Washington, Pittsburgh, Miami, Cubs, Pittsburgh, and then Milwaukee. So from like the Dodgers till Milwaukee, those that gap of what is that six, nine, twelve, sixteen games? That's you know, the Mets play their cards right. That's a uh, an NLE championship in there. That's a uh, 
you know, a solid couple of days of rest for your big dogs getting ready for whatever. And then it's back to business because nobody likes backing into the postseason. Yeah. 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 Oh, this is exciting, man. Yeah. Getting down to it. We certainly are. I think that's all we got. Again, you go back to uh, having good times with uh, on vacation. And um, yeah, guys, we're going to be back on Friday, hopefully with some good news and looking uh, back at the Atlanta series ahead of another Philly series. And until then, I'm Tim Ryder and he's Taryn Sharma. And uh, the sign off is let's fucking go Mets. We'll see you guys next time. Peace.